Bibles with me, if you would, to the 16th chapter of the book of Mark. Sixteenth chapter of the book of Mark. We're going to start reading this morning in the twelfth verse. And afterward he appeared in another form unto two of them. And as they walked and went into the country, and they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. And afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Pray with them. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us to believe. According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand heavenly places. And ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a theme that's in these passages of Scripture that I believe that the Holy Ghost wants to get across to us. Because if we can get the revelation of this theme, there's something that will happen in our lives. And the theme is a belief, a believer. Now, we say, I know that. I've heard it. Brothers and sisters, 
They said that Smith Wigglesworth was in a, a meeting one time and for 15 minutes, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to say this, faith is an action. 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 There was something that he had done. Did he want, was he grammar, grammarly correct? I don't know. But he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to say something. And he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to say, faith is an act. It's not doing nothing, it's doing something. It's believing something. And here, for 15 minutes, he just said, faith is an act. Faith is an act. Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, faith is released through saying. Faith is released through works. Because faith isn't just a stance that you stand in. It's something that you move and work in. Now, I want to tie that in with believers to put faith in it have to do something. Believers have to believe. Believers have to believe. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you're a believer, but you're believing in something else. Now, these disciples, they had some of them that had been, Jesus had revealed himself to them. And they come and they tell the rest that they have seen Jesus. And they said, we don't believe A lot of times when it comes to the Word of God, it's just so far over our head that we say, well, I don't believe it. And Jesus did something. He upbraided them for their unbelief. He got on their case about their unbelief. He chastised them or rebuked them for their unbelief. Now, let me tie something else in with this. If you ever get a rebuke from the Lord, your answer to your problem will be in the rebuke. Don't be like the woman who lived on one side of the church and the preacher lived on the other side of the church. Her famous words was, I tell you one thing, preacher, you give it to them today. Snowstorm came, but it didn't, but two people come to the church, the preacher and her. He said, I got her this time, I preached right to her. Let me tell you something about the preacher. When I preach, I don't just preach to a person. I preach the Word of God. And the Word of God will speak to every person. But some people think that it's just preaching to them. You know, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to fight with Him. We need to cooperate with Him. Because it's impossible to preach the Word of God and not speak to somebody. And you, it's a good chance that you will be the somebody because I sure am the somebody. 
that it speaks to me because it's always speaking something higher than what I am. But a lot of times we condemn ourselves because we're not as high as we need to be rather than getting a hold of the truth so that the truth can elevate us to where we need to be. He said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. There's a power that is in the word of God. And there's a power that ties our believing into what God said. But when I said just a few minutes ago, you'll find your answer in the rebuke. Because if Jesus rebukes you about something, and here we're going to look at the disciples this morning in this. He rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Because unbelief has a way of making us callous to the, the things that God is saying to us. And he wants us to get what he's saying. And, they, and so they, here was two, two disciples that had seen Jesus, that Jesus had revealed himself to. Now let me say this. We as a, as a body of believers right here, if you've been in the presence of God, You've probably seen something that somebody else hasn't seen. You've experienced something that somebody else hasn't experienced. Not that he's not available and not that it's not real. But if you've not experienced this, it's easy to say, I don't believe that. But we as believers should be cultivating a different characteristic about us. When it comes to the things of God, we need to be one of the first ones if you were to have a checklist and it says, are you a believer? And say, yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. When God says something, I believe. Now, one of the things that would help us along this line is that we get so familiar with the Word of God that you'll know how God moves. You get so familiar with the Word of God that you'll know what God looks like. Now, I made this statement in Sunday school. Smith Wigglesworth said, The only way that I can know God is through His Word. The only way that I can know Jesus is through the Word. The way that the Word reveals Him is the way that He is. So if you want to know something about God and you don't want to know what He looks like, you want to know what he acts like. You have to get it through the word because he reveals himself that way. Well, I don't want him to reveal myself, himself that I'm sorry. That's the way he does it. That's the way he does it. You got a problem? You had to talk to him because he reveals himself through his word. But he said this. There was a day that came in his life that he went to the word of God but the God of the word revealed himself to me. I said man that is so beautiful. I said I want, it. I want that. I want that. You know what I did? I started believing right then. See believers do something. Believers start believing something. 
Because in the believing opens up a door for God to be able to do something. It opens up a channel. It opens up a way. It opens up a flow for God to be able to do something that I start siding in with him. Now, here was these disciples. They've just seen Jesus. Can you imagine if Jesus revealed himself to you how ecstatic that you would be? You can see yourself that way, can't you, Elizabeth? You get excited. Do you think that there was any less excitement on these men? See, there's something about being in the presence of God. And, and then you can tell when somebody's not been in the presence of God. Why? Because they didn't believe. They didn't believe. And Jesus didn't just pat them on the back and say, that's okay, fellas. He revealed himself to them so that they could bring that message about Jesus to the others. So they weren't committed because they didn't believe. In fact, he got on them about it. He rebuked them for it. He upbraided them for it because the unbelief is contagious just like the believing is contagious. Unbelief causes a hardness of heart and believing causes a softness of heart, a tenderness of heart. And that tenderness of heart is what, where God can just give a little nudge and you say, well, I get what he's saying. Instead of us being so thick that he can say, hey, boom, 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 boom. Did you get it? You don't want boom, boom, boom. You want tenderness. But I'm so thankful for God because he doesn't just stay on that thing. You know, a lot of times if we don't get what we want, we just harp on it and harp on it and harp on it. And somebody will hear me. <laughs> ain't you glad that God ain't like you? Amen. I'm sure glad he ain't like me. But I want to be like him. Amen. He's got a lot better characteristics than David does. <clears throat> That's why his ways are higher than, the, than I am. His ways is higher than my ways, Curtis, because he's always calling me up to a higher way. Don't always walk on that low road, brothers and sisters. Walk on that high road. That high road of doing something like God will do. When it comes to believing, God is the ultimate believer. He believed in me, and he believed in you when you were in the shape that you were in. He still believed in you. That's a beautiful characteristic. And he loves us too much to leave us like we are. And he really loved us enough to leave us like we were. But then he moves on. Because God's got a program and God's got a plan that he needs to be executed and carried out. There's a purpose in him calling us believers and making believers out of us. But the first thing that he's got to do is to get us to believe. 
Because if we don't believe, we won't do his plan. We'll debate with him about, our, about his plan. We'll aspire to do his plan, but we won't do his plan. And after he had said this, he moved right on. Because God's got a purpose for our lives. Do you believe that God's got a purpose for your life? I believe he does. It takes the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to reveal it to us. Jesus found himself in the Word of God. It had been prophesied several hundred years before about Jesus, who he was. But Jesus found himself in the Word. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. There's something that we need to get as believers. And that is, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Because he's got, he's got a message for us to carry. But it's a real life message. It's a transforming message. And you need and I need to see that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. There's a power. Jesus recognizes about himself. Jesus himself said, I of myself can do nothing. He said, it's the Father in me who does the work. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, believers, believe that. Two disciples came back and says, we've seen Jesus. I didn't see him. I don't believe it. You know what they were? They were unbelievers. You know, sometimes it's, it's quite easy to slip from being a believer to an unbeliever. But I'm so thankful for God that he don't want to leave us in that place. But he wants believers. You can always recognize this characteristic about a believer. Because they quick to believe. Now, they ain't quick to believe anything, but they're quick to believe what God shows them. Yes. And what God reveals to them. And here is a difference, brothers and sisters. We as born again ones have the witness of God on the inside. But a lot of times we listen to our head for so long and your head ain't what tells you what to do. Your spirit man tells you what to believe. Man believes with the heart. Faith is of the heart. It's a, character, it's a God characteristic. He didn't transform your head. He transformed your heart. In your heart he made you a new creature. You'll have to deal with your head. But a lot of times we've been so trained to listen to our head that we bypass our heart. But believers believe. And this here's another way of saying you believe it from the good. You believe it down in. You may not understand it, but if God said it, I believe it. 
If God revealed it to you, I want to be one that says, listen to my heart and says, you know, he might be a nut any other time, but he's got something for what he's saying right there. Do you catch what I'm saying? Sometimes we're not as real as we need to be. And sometimes we may have been wrong when we thought that we were right. Anybody else been there beside me? I was wrong when I thought I was right. Now, when I found out that I was wrong, now, do I have to take and manipulate everything else to still make me look like I'm good or just admit that I'm wrong? See, there's a liberty, brothers and sisters, that should be in the body of Christ. When we miss it, don't be so full of pride. Just simply acknowledge that you missed it. And there's a freedom that comes in that. It takes a pressure off and allows God to do something. I told you about before when I, I found out my first wife and I thought she was having an affair and I was right in what I was thinking. And I had all of these different thoughts that come to my mind. If I get my hands on that man, I'd kill him. I could kill him with my bare hands. I'd choke his head right off of his shoulders. All of these things that you can think. And then I got thinking, I said, you know, a Christian person ain't got no thought. Ain't no business thinking like that. This is something like a serial killer would think. Did you know sometimes that we have the capacity to think like that as believers? But thank God for the Spirit of God. And he told me something one day taking Brandon to school. He said, uh, you're going to have to be honest with your feelings. See, a lot of us play a game. And when you play a game, you never win the game. Because the game is always playing you. But there's something about being honest before God. So, and here's the sort of way he presented it today. He said, uh, yes. You're not supposed to have these feelings, but you do have these feelings. Now, what are you going to do with that? You're not supposed to have these feelings, but you've got these feelings. He said, first thing you're going to have to do is be honest with yourself. You can't live the lie. You can't say that something don't exist that's existing. So you've got to be honest with yourself about it. He said, because when you're dishonest with yourself about it, you tie my hands to be able to do anything to help you. See, through the, through the unbelief, it ties the hands of God to be able to do anything for us to help us. Because we're believing something. You're always, we're always believing something. We're either believing the truth or believing the lie. And I had to be honest with myself. I've got these feelings. 
But I didn't want these feelings to stay. I didn't want to own these feelings. So I got honest with David. And when I got honest with David, I got honest with God. And when I got honest with God and I got honest with David, it allowed God to be able to do something. Because believers believe something. They believe that God can do something to help them. Unbelievers think it's just going to say the way that it is. Because unbelief has a way of trapping us in a place that God doesn't want His children trapped. He paid a price for us to be free. And He wants us to be free. So I had to make a decision. And you all had to make decisions. These disciples made a decision. Two of them ecstatic. We've just seen Jesus. We've just seen Jesus. I can hear him right now. Can you hear him? What did he look like? What was he wearing? Did he still have his beard? What's his long hair the same? What was different about him now? Brother Hayden said that Jesus appeared to him. He appeared to him many times. He said, but this was something that was so phenomenal. So phenomenal. He, they said, what did he look like? Here's what he said. When I looked into his eyes, his eyes were like pools or wells of endless love. I said, man, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. See, a lot of times through the unbelief, it, it pictured, paints a picture of God up here with this baseball bat, this fly swatter, just waiting. You just mess up. And I'm going to take your head off. But he said, when I looked in the eyes of Jesus, his eyes were like wells, pools of endless love. I don't know about you, but that has a way of just kind of melting something on the inside of me. Unbelief is what these other disciples were operating in. Only two of them, two of them saw Jesus. They had an opportunity to raise their game, to be able to see something. But an unbelieving heart robbed them of something that they could have had before Jesus ever revealed himself to them. They could have got by the testimony of somebody else if they would listen on the inside. But they were listening here instead of here. You know, there, here's a picture. There were two of them that were walking with Jesus on, a, on, a, on their way to a, a maze. And Jesus takes them all through the scriptures. And he's revealing himself to them. And, and they don't know that it's Jesus, but they said something. They said, didn't our hearts burn within us as we walked in the way? They didn't, they didn't recognize Jesus per se, but they knew 
that something was going on on the inside. If these other disciples would have been paying attention to what was going on the inside, they would have saw something that they hadn't seen before. They would have got something that they hadn't gotten before. Because God is just good like that. Amen. Now, believers believe. They believe something that is paramount. They believe not what the church teaches, not what they've been taught, but they believe the Word of God. They believe the Word of God. They believe the Word of God. Now you would think that I was anti-church, but I'm pro-church. But I am anti-religion. I said this about the Methodist Church. I said I, I hated going there because it was so dead. But then I got thinking about that thing, Ronnie. And I found out I realized something that was of a greater truth than that. So I want to have a chance to correct it. It wasn't the church that was so dead. It was David that was so dead. Because when you did, everything's dead. And when you're unbelieving, everything is unbelieving. But when you shift that gear and you get in that place, let me take some of y'all to an old uh, manual transmission. One with the clutch. Some of you women can identify with it. And you try to get that thing in gear. And you're trying to you match the thing. And you hear them grinding. And somebody that knows how to drive said, man, you're tearing that thing to pieces. You're tearing that thing to pieces. But there's something about it when you get it in place. It'll just slide right into place. In fact, there's some of those transmissions that are so synchronized that you ain't even got to bash the clutch in you and it'll slide right in place. See, a lot of times we're trying to get the things of God when we are out of, the pl out of place in our believing. But when we get our believing right, you'll, things, you'll see things start to slide into place. Quite easily. And you'll quit grinding the gears. And you'll quit saying things like, you know, the stupid clutch. I hate this truck. I hate this truck. It's all the truck's fault. Then somebody notices that quit riding that clutch. Put it in gear and get your foot off of it. I got brothers. Don't think I don't know. Use that clutch for what that clutch is used for and then get your foot off of that clutch. See, God has a way of doing things. But one of the first things that he's got to get in place for us to be able to do the job that he's got for us to do 
Let me say this and love it. See, there's a lot of people that want to condemn themselves into doing what God wants them to do. And there's something that's out of place in that. They want to do it, but they're doing it out of a sense of guilt. I was sitting in school in Oklahoma, and these words came up in my heart. He said, I want you to serve me out of love, not out of guilt. See, a lot of people want to go to church because they feel guilty if they don't. I don't feel guilty. Why? Because I love to go to church. I love to be in the presence of God. I want to be in the presence of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Have I always been like that? No. Why? Because I was dead. And I blamed it on the church. I blamed it on the church. But there were people in the church that knew God. But just because they knew God didn't mean I knew God. And just because they had seen Jesus didn't make these other disciples see Jesus. But if I could have opened up my heart, I could have got something. So I blamed it all off on them. My gears was grinding. And it was all the clutches fault. My gears was grinding and it was causing an old sorry truck. <laughs> My gears was grinding and it was always somebody else or something else instead of me. And Jesus didn't address them about somebody else's problem. He addressed them about their problem. See, if we're operating in the in the unbelief, own it. Don't justify it. Own it. Be honest about it and then get that thing under the blood. Because God's still got a work to do and He still needs us to do it. But condemnation won't get it done. Guilt won't get it done. Love for the kingdom of God and love for the things of God is what will get it done. That gets it done in the right spirit, the right frame of mind, the right heart that I catch what he wants to be done. And then it's like I told you about Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall, he had a, a ministry and all was growing in, in uh, Indiana. And he says, the Lord says, I want you to go to the Philippines. He said, like, Lord to the Philippines, he said, if you go to the Philippines, he said, I bless you like, like you've never been blessed before. He gets there to the Philippines, and he says, they get people saved, and then they don't come to church. Church ain't growing. Somebody, they have a broadcast on the, on the radio, and it, this woman that's in prison, she's tormented because she's got these bite marks on her arms, and they're bleeding. There's something that's in the cell with her and biting her. They said, they said, can anybody help? Can anybody help? And the Spirit of God speaks to him. He says, I want you to go and get that woman delivered. He says, Lord, he said, let somebody else do it. There's other people that's been here in this, in, in this Philippines that they've established churches. And you know what the Spirit of God said to him? He said, I have nobody else. 
Just because somebody goes to church don't mean that they're usable to God. Believers are usable to God. He didn't say these signs shall follow them that go to church. He said these signs shall follow them that believe. So he's raising our game. He's raising our game with the truth of his word. And the truth of the word has a way of liberating us. And the power of the Spirit of God has a way of setting us free. That there's something that burns in him. And he said, Okay, Lord, I'll go. So he fasts and prays for three days and then he goes. There's been other people that have went. And the demon spirits, because it was a demon spirit. In fact, he says, the soft. In the spirit, he said, one was a big one, one was a little one. Brothers and sisters, don't play with the devil. All he wanted to do is eat you up. And you think that you can get away with something that God's telling you not to do? All you're doing is walking into the trap. And he'll cheat you up and spit you out. And you won't be nothing. Because he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give you life. Don't play with the devil in no shape, form, or fashion. Because he will get all your marbles. He's just waiting. After I finished preaching down in the nursing home, her cousin says, David and his wife want to sing a song for you. <laughs> well, singing a song to them was the farthest thing from my mind. But we sang a song. And this, this lady says, uh, let me tell you something. So I sat down beside her, and she says, this lady, this is in the wintertime, she says she goes out and she sees this snake frozen to death on the ground. And she has pity on the snake. So she takes the snake and she carries it in the house, sets it on the hearth beside the fireplace where it's warm. She goes and fixes it something to eat and brings it back. Yeah, she ain't snake handlers like we are. But she says she fixes, fixes something to eat. When she comes back, the snake is thawed out. And the snake bites her. Said, What are you? You ungrateful thing. Here I am, I took you out of the cold, I'll fix you something to eat. And the snake talks to her and says, you knew what I was before you brought me in here. See, a lot of times we're playing with the devil instead of taking authority over the devil. When we knew what he was before we brought him in. And we think that he's changed. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. Something's changed. We've changed. We've become believers. And you know what believers do? They believe. They believe. They believe what God says. And if God says these signs shall follow them that believe, they believe that these signs shall follow them that believe. I line myself up as a believer.
I changed my whole sex of thinking. Jesus said, of myself, I can do nothing. But he says, you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You say, well, okay. I believe it. Do I know how it's going to happen? No. That's not my job. My job is to <coughs> believe. Thank you, Ronnie. My job is to believe. That's all he's requiring of me is asking me to believe. Because I will be one or two. I will either be a believer or an unbeliever. There ain't no middle ground. It's like being pregnant. <laughs> you either are or you ain't. But I'm a believer. When God says something to me, I believe it. Amen? That should be my heart. Now, let me give you a something about this that happened to me while I was also in school. I don't, it, was, it was under the same class, but just a different time. We had to do a, a long paper, and it took a specific book out of the library to do this report. And I said, I had to leave school and go to work. I left school every day and went to work. And I didn't have no time to play around. And my mind told me, ain't no, ain't no need to go down there to that library and get no book. As many students as there is in here, and there's close to a thousand. Here in this class, I said, he said, they ain't a few books and somebody else has got them. And these words came up in my spirit. You know what they were? Huh? No, it was the truth. He said, you have not because you asked not. I'm serious. He said, he said, you have not because you asked not. I said, I need one of those books. <laughs> so mix of belief with what he's saying to us. So, Rip, I did something. I went down to the library because faith is an action. Faith does something. The Spirit of God spoke to me. You have not because you asked not. I asked him, and I put some faith with it. So I went down to the library to check out the last book that they had because I knew they didn't have any more in my head. You know what? There were several books down there. I wasn't getting the last one, but the devil would have talked me out of it. My head would have talked me out of it. My flesh would have talked me out of it. But that day, I was one of the believing ones. See, God doesn't want us to do something, this to be something that we do just sporadically, a hit and miss. But he wants us to do this on a regular basis. Because that's what believers do. They believe. And as we exercise believing and are faithful in believing, you will see God reveal things to you that you did not see before because he can trust you as one of the believing ones instead of him having to upbraid us 
or rebuke us because of our unbelief and hardness of heart. But let me say this. If he does rebuke you, your answer is in the rebuke. So, if you get a rebuke, just humble yourself under the hand of Almighty God. Don't try to debate with him and tell, you, tell him how smart you are. And why you did this and that and that. Just be honest with him. Because that's all he's after. He's an honest of heart. And let him get on the page with us. Amen. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. Because he wants all people to be a believer. To be a believer in him. To be a believer in Jesus. To be one of those born again ones. Stand with me. If you don't know Jesus today, come to him. Be one of those believing ones. If he's calling, answer that call. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for calling me. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for that day sitting on that footstool that I wanted you more than I wanted anything else. And that day that you made me alive and made me a new creature, I thank you, Lord, so much for that day. I identify as one of those believing ones. I'm thankful to be in that multitude unbelieving ones. I plead the blood of Jesus all over, over my brothers and sisters. Father, help us all to be honest before you so that we can serve you with a passion in our heart and a love that is on fire for you. Fueled by the glory of God driven with purpose to fulfill your call and your desires in our lives. Go with us now. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of us. Let's go in the peace and in the power of God. In Jesus' name.